0: The opinions expressed in the following podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide education and entertainment about the financial industry and the stock market. Enjoy. This
1: episode is brought to you by Benzinga. Benzinga is our absolute favorite resource to use when we trade. We use it for news scanners. We use it for float checkers. We use it for stock screening. We use it for just about everything, including chat rooms and and much, much more. Uh, But that's not all they have. They have YouTube as well. Hot Stocks Luke every single day has great guests on ranging from Ripster to Mia Khalifa to Gary to... To all the best guests, you need to hear from every single day, all day long. So make sure to go check that out. That's youtube.com forward slash Benzinga. And if you look in the replies to this tweet, you will see how to get a discount code for Benzinga Pro. Make sure to go sign up for Benzinga Pro right now. On this episode of Pennies Going in Raw, we interview the founder and CEO of Bear Performance Nutrition. U.S. Army Infantry Veteran, and author of 25 Hours a Day,
0: Nick Baer.
1: You find out... Likes this game of pennies.
0: Oh, you guys know we only have a 40% runner. Hello? 40% right is a killing. We've been compliant for too long.
1: It's time we go to war. I don't have a Roth. Q knows so much about the market that his brain doesn't have enough room for grammar. Hey, who told me about Idex? It's going up a shit ton now. Rob, 4% baby. No way. 4% percent. You asked the exact same question with two words different. <laughs> it's like, f- man, I just got dick whipped for like 20%. And now that fers up like 50.
0: I bet Warren Buffin never did that. I'm just
1: making this voice memo to call out unusual whales to a fight. The
0: pennies the we, need we need
1: are everywhere, everywhere around, round pennies,
0: pennies, pennies.
1: Going in raw.
0: Featuring Dan,
1: the idiot dips,
0: and Hugh Honey. Produced by Vinny
1: and Christian. Let's go, baby. On this episode of Penny's Going in Raw, we have Nick Bear, the CEO of Bear Nutrition. Thanks for joining us, man.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, guys. Oh,
1: yeah, for sure. Uh, So, I mean, your personal background is usually how we start. You have a super interesting one coming from as a Army infantry platoon leader. I actually saw the video like five. I've been a big YouTube guy. I, I saw it pop up on my suggested feed whenever it first blew up like four or five years ago. But um, yeah, could you kind of talk about how you grew a brand at the same time as doing something as time consuming and as much work as being active duty? I'm,
2: I'm from Pennsylvania originally. And I decided to go to college at the Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Uh, and this was 2009. And I was studying nutrition. And I was simultaneously on an Army ROTC scholarship. So I had the opportunity to go to college. The Army paid for my school, they gave me a stipend, provided me some benefits with the obligation of having to join the military after college. So it's between my junior and senior year of college. And at this point, I'm like a year and a half away from graduating, getting a degree and then commissioning into the Army. And at this point in the Army ROTC program's career pathway, you get presented with this opportunity to get this loan up to $25,000 called the pre-commissioning loan. And I applied for this loan. I got $20,000 and this was my golden ticket to start my, my dream company. I love sports performance nutrition. I love the dietary supplement industry. I was obsessed with like bodybuilding and powerlifting at the time. So I take out this loan. I find a manufacturer in the States. I place my first order for which was Flight, our pre-workout, which is still our pre-workout now. And I started building this brand. And I remember launching this brand thinking that I was going to make a million dollars year one. And I told my dad, I like, I'm going to make a million dollars year one. And he said, and this is we had this plaster all over our walls. It's my book. And he said, if it were that easy, everyone would do it. I said, I'm going to prove you wrong. So I launched this brand and no sales come in. Year one, we do $20,000 in revenue. Year two, $20,000 in revenue. Year three, $20,000 in revenue. All at it losses. It was, it was kind of bad timing of starting a company because I launched this brand in 2012. A year and a half later, I graduate with a degree in nutrition, but also commissioned the U.S. Army, which sends me to Fort Benning, Georgia for a year of training for the infantry officer basic course, ranger school, airborne school, Briley leader course. And then after being in Fort Benning, Georgia for a year, I get sent and stationed to Fort Hood, Texas. And this is 2014. And at this point, the business isn't growing. I'm trying to figure out what to do. So I said, all right, I'm going to start using social media. So I, I did it backwards. Most people start social media platforms they build this following. And they're like, how do I monetize it? Yeah. Well, I, flipped, I flipped that. I said, I'm going to start a business. I said, shit, I can't sell anything. What am I going to do? I'm going to start social media and try to build this community online. And that was 2014, and I slowly started building this following in, and, and building this online community, which, at the same time, started increasing our online sales and our presence. And then, you know, up till 2016, we're growing slowly. We're building this online community, and then I get orders so go to good as South Korea for nine months. And these nine months That's in South better than North Korea, dude. I'll tell you what, yeah. It was, a, it was a better deal. We didn't have no presence in North Korea, thank God.
1: But, um, oh yeah, no, I'm I'm obsessed with North Korea. I'll dive, I'll, I'll dive right
2: into that any day. It? <laughs> it's wild, man. So I was stationed 13 miles south of the DMZ, and I was here for nine months. And this is where I grew my business. Like I used every waking moment, all my free time, to grow my brand. And that's where I filmed that video that you saw, a day in the life of an infantry platoon leader. I filmed that in 2016, and it kind of went somewhat viral. It got a million views. It grew my platform from 30,000 followers to 80,000 followers. I had this new presence online with this military following and community. And from there, we we scaled the brand and grew the brand. Uh, 2017, after getting back from South Korea, transitioning out of the military, my brother moved down from Pennsylvania, and we just worked nonstop to, to build the brand to what it is today. That is
1: crazy how you went just so hard into social media, especially at a time where it was just kind of starting to be like the the serious thing you could do for business. Whenever you were first making that video that you mentioned that went viral, did you kind of expect not for it to go viral, but for it to do as much for your brand? Or were you just trying to make a different side of your brand as well? Like, hey, I do the nutrition stuff, but I also want to show you guys what I really do all day.
2: Now that that video it's actually funny because a lot of the videos I was filming all over there I was trying to teach myself storytelling and conveying a message through video and I was studying a lot of Casey Neistat's videos and the way he utilized storytelling to take an average day but make it interesting and and touch on some sort of topic or message throughout the video. So I would, I would travel into South Korea into Seoul on the weekends I'd film these videos traveling around telling these stories and At the point that I filmed this specific video, I was kind of out of content. I was like burnt out from what I could film, like no more stories at this point. So I just started filming my day and took my camera around throughout the day. Didn't know what I was really filming. I just filmed the day. And then um, at the end of it, I was like, I'm going to title this a day in the life of an infantry platoon leader because that's pretty much what it was. And I posted it. A few days later, we went to the field for 30 days of training, didn't think anything of it. And then I come back from the field at night, refresh my phone, and I would see the views go up on this video. Someone told me that the way this video grew was this like military hate group shared this video in some sort of online thread. And then that then got shared more to the right people. And then it kind of blew it up. And naturally just took off. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So at this time, I mean, it sounds like as a content creator, you were kind of starting to be not done with it, but you know, you were burning out. Did you have a plan at this point? Or was it just going to be like, I'm going to keep pushing? Or was there like, kind of like a, like a failsafe, like, Hey, I have this loan, you know, I mean, I'm inside the, I'm in a different country. Was there a backup plan or was it just going to keep pushing?
2: It was just keep pushing. It's like, I, I knew, I knew I had something and I didn't know exactly where it was going to go or how big it was going to be. I mean, I tell stories where I remember a year two in business. I sat down with this, this advertising agency back in Pennsylvania. And we were sitting at this conference table, me and my brother with this team. And they were like, what's your monthly budget for ad spend? I was like, man, maybe 500 bucks, like max. And they're like, what is the ideal amount of orders you want to be selling a day? I said if we could sell if we could do 20 orders a day, my life is made. I was like, I'd be happy. (laughs) And um, because at the time we were doing maybe one order a day, one order every other day, just trickling in. And I just I just kept chipping away. Like just kept chipping away, kept showing up. You know, I made a post on social media yesterday about I just kept showing up. Like I didn't know how to get to where I wanted to be, but I knew that if I spent every day learning one new thing. Those skills would compound and I'd learn how to get to where I wanted to be. And that's what happens. Just kept showing up day in, day out, learning these small things that pushed us just a little bit forward, just like a little bit. There was never like this breakthrough moment where it was, aha, we made it. It was just like every day, show up, show up, show up. And then over time, you look back and say, holy shit, here we are.
1: If, uh, if you didn't have to enlist right as you got out of college, how do you think uh, it would have taken a different
2: turn in all of this? Uh, I don't think I'd be sitting here right now. You know, it's funny because when I, built, when I launched my business, I was supposed to go active duty, and I did go active duty, military. But I thought in my head, launch my business, maybe I'll go reserves or National Guard where I can focus on building this business full-time and then do you know Army stuff one weekend out of the month, two weeks out of the year, help them from deployments. And um, I think just everything worked out the way it was supposed to and had to, where I went active duty. I learned these valuable lessons about leadership and, and management of time, resources, and money, I applied that to building a business, documenting my, my journey through the military and building this business. Obviously, helped out. So, I think that if I would have not gone to the military and just tried to build this business like a lot of other people do, uh, it would have failed. That's really incredible. And bringing in like the business side of this, because our
0: podcast is really focused around business, you know, personal finance and trading, mostly like retail trading side. So, to hear, you know, your business go from you saying that, hey, if I can only hit 20 orders a day is incredible. Because when we first started out as traders, we were like, hey, if we can make like $50,000 a year, that's like, it's it. Like, that's all I need. And so, you know, now you go from, uh, I was looking at your stats. You guys did 300000 in revenue in 2016, correct? And then you guys so I mean, that's a big jump from doing $20,000 a few years earlier. And then you guys make the jump to $1.7 in 2017 what was that like for you and how did that happen
2: yeah so when i was in korea you know when i got there i said i'm here for nine months i'm going to spend every waking moment outside of my military job learning how to build this brand so i taught my taught myself coding to to redo our website we did a website rebrand we launched new marketing materials and i was sitting in my room in south korea every night writing handwritten thank you notes to everyone who placed an order that day. So it was these small things just started to scale and grow. And then when I got back to Texas, my brother was down here. We signed a lease for our first warehouse. I mean, when we signed our lease for our first warehouse, we couldn't afford it. All these things (laughs) I've done is just like taking, I was ignorant to the risks that I was taking early on, but they paid off in a way that has placed us here now. I've always been that way. I've always, I've always been ignorant to risks.
1: Um, ask forgiveness, don't
2: ask permission. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> I look back and like, holy crap! Like some of the things we did just to get here. But share 2016, 2017. That was when we you know hit seven figures. That was probably the hardest year of business because cash flow was a main concern. What was going on was we built this this audience now people wanted to buy our products. We didn't take out any loans anymore. We didn't bring on any investors. We still have 100% equity in the brand. And 2017 was tough because we had 12 week lead times with our manufacturers in no terms. So when we would place a production order, we put down 50%. That 50%, like say it was $30,000. We don't see that money for, or that inventory for 12 weeks. When that inventory ships, then we had to pay off the rest of it. So we paid all our inventory off before we even got it. We get it in, we'd sell out in sometimes a week or two of the inventory that we could purchase. And then we had to put more money down to try to get more inventory in. And we're just playing catch up. And it was a nightmare. Like I remember laying in bed at night thinking, this is, I'm going to lose everything because we're trying to get on this cash flow nightmare. And we slowly built our way out of it, just like very, very slowly trying to bring more inventory in, eventually negotiated terms with our manufacturers, changed manufacturers, rebuilt some new infrastructure and systems, and then got out of that rut. But 2017 was like the most, it was the most fun year. It felt like the wild, wild west of just trying to figure out how to grow a business. And then it also was the most stressful year of trying to figure out how not to lose my mind why almost lose my business.
1: But at that point, your business has already grown to a pretty sizable, you know, nowhere near where it is today, but for then a pretty decent size. And that's where you consider it to be the most difficult part, because I'd imagine it's its when no one's buying it. You just feel like you're talking to no one, because, I mean, that's kind of where we even took a break towards the beginning is uh, we noticed viewers dwindle down. We we're like, OK, we, we did what we came here to do. Uh, let's take a break, but eventually, you know, we just came back.
2: Yeah, I remember at this point, someone that I was in the army with came to visit our warehouse. 2017, you we know, were doing like 1.7 that year, and I remember that I will never forget this moment where he said, "You think you've maxed out the business at this point?" And I was like, "No, like we're literally not even. We're still not scratching the surface." Yeah, uh, and in 2021. And I remember him asking that and just thinking, how do, how do you even think that we've maxed out our potential right now? Like, where does that even thought process come from? And um, the ignorance almost just like pissed me off. But every, every morning in 2017 felt like Christmas morning, you know, like when you're younger and you wake up and like, you're getting ready to go down to like find out what presents were under the tree. Like, every morning I'd wake up to get to the office as fast as possible to see what we could do that day to grow the brand. And then every night it was like when Christmas is over, you're like, oh, shit, I got another year to wait <laughs> where I was thinking, I hope this business survives tomorrow. Um, and it was me, my brother, and then one other employee who's still with us, Joe. It was us three living in a house together, just trying to film as much content as possible.
1: Is the content part of it just... Obviously, with fitness and stuff, it's, it's such a huge part. It might as well be like 50% of the brand. Did you just know that you had to pump out content? Or did that come from the fact that you were like daily vlogging in Korea?
2: Uh, a little bit of both. Yeah, I saw the return of pumping out videos, posting a video, seeing people go to the website, first off. But over time, it became more than that where we have such a diverse marketing strategy now that the videos we film are just a small part of it. But what the online content does is it, it gives the, the customer, whether that's a, a past, present, or future customer, an inside look of what we're doing behind the brand and who are the people behind the brand and what we're doing to build it and grow it. So it's like a behind-the-scenes look And it creates this warm audience where everyone's running ads now on on social media, on Google, and on everything. And to grab someone's attention with a cold ad and convert that cold audience into a buyer is going to cost you a lot of money. But if we can warm up an audience with an organic platform like YouTube and social media and and these videos, we already have a warm audience. that we serve them an ad. They're already accustomed to who we are, what we sell, what we do. And the cost per acquisition is lower and is a higher conversion rate. Damn. Well.
0: Do you guys feel that that's the reason that you've had so much success? Because there's tons of supplement companies. I know that you guys, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, third-party test everything. Right? right? Am I getting, So you guys, third-party test everything but do you feel like those two are the main components of why you guys have seen so much growth and are really starting to become leaders inside this space?
2: I'd say that was like the catalyst because we had a story and there was a story behind the brand, behind what we're doing. There's a reason. And we weren't just saying this is what we're doing. We're saying, we're going to show you how we're doing it. We're going to take you to our manufacturing facility and show you how this stuff's getting made in Texas. Then we're going to take you to Lexington, Kentucky and show you how it's getting tested for banned substances. So if you're a professional athlete, you know you're not going to test positive for anything that's a banned substance on water. And then we're going to show you what we're doing with the military community with our partners at Team RWB and the athletes we're bringing down to Austin, Texas. So I think that was definitely the catalyst to growing the brand. But now we're at a point where our our marketing strategies are so much more diverse but that platform that we have we built is and will always be leverage over competitors yeah
0: yeah
1: no i think one of the best things like you kind of mentioned was how you you form like the relationship through social media and then it's it's no longer a cold ad you it's a warm ad warm and friendly but uh no I, th- I think and it's so evident through the fact that you said through your numbers earlier and then you're like, okay, now it's time. The social media started to blow up and then the sales did as well. I guess another thing to kind of talk about, uh, we talk about a lot is is mentality. Were there any times aside from 2017 where you thought, you know, you were you never really mentioned ever giving up, changing plans. It always just seemed like this was your goal. You're gonna stick to it. But were there I mean, there are all those always those times behind the scenes where you know, it's just, hey, maybe maybe a nine to five is more me.
2: No. I mean, I when I got out of the army in 2017, everything kind of worked out pretty well where I didn't take any money personally from the business for the first five years. In 2012, to 2017. 2017, got out of the army. I needed some sort of paycheck to live. So I, I just took a small paycheck from the business. In 2017, and I actually, my paycheck from the business hasn't changed since 2017. I still take the same amount, very small amount out and make other money elsewhere. But there was a point where my accountant told me to close the business because it was at a loss. Family told me to close the business. Friends told me to close the business. They're like You're wasting your time. You're going to lose everything, like everything over trying to save this thing. And uh, I just knew in the back of my head, like I, was, I had so much passion and purpose behind it. And it fulfilled me and it wasn't necessarily the money and it still isn't the money that drives me. It's like, I have this team now here that I get to help develop and grow. We have this community and I get to show up to work and, and have fun. And, um, it wasn't a matter. And I say this all the time. It wasn't a matter of if it was a matter of when all the work would pay off. And I knew at one point it would. Do you resent those, uh, friends and family that told you to stop the business? I don't resent them, but uh, I made this post. It's actually on my, I wrote it on my door. So I have this door that's in front of me. And what I started doing is things I feel very firmly about. I take a Sharpie and I just write on my door. And um, I just wrote that, this was yesterday, doubt is dangerous when you start doubting yourself. So like my entire life, people have doubted me from fitness, business, military, leadership, everything. And that doubt is never dangerous when they're doubting you. It's only de- dangerous when you start doubting yourself. I just stayed in my lane, head down, kept driving forward. Didn't really care what else was going on around me. I was just so focused on doing my thing. It was almost like tunnel vision of of hyper focus.
0: Yeah, is that where the "Go One More" comes from? I'm sorry, I pointed here because is this where where you have it tattooed for everyone watching? So. Okay. Okay.
2: So going one more, you know, that only like came to life 2018. But when I think of it, like yeah, that's been my mindset mentality, my entire life where I was doing this training run for a marathon back before I was actually like marathon runner 2018. It was an 18 mile run for that day. And at mile 10, I wanted to stop. I was like tired. I was fatigued. And I told myself, well, look, I'm not quitting on this run. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run, finish the training run. Got to mile 18, decided to do one more, ran 19 miles that day. Came home, on the bill of my hat, I wrote one more, like under the bill. Didn't think anything of it, wrote one more, took a picture of it, posted it on social media. And next thing I know, everyone's tagging me in this photo of them writing one more on the bill of their hat. So I thought, well, I must have s- struck a, a nerve. In a lot of these people, like it must have connected with a lot of these people, and over the next year or two, this then evolved to go one more, which we then trademarked and became the whole mindset mentality slogan of the brand. Thousands of people now have this tattoo. I get tagged every day if someone getting a new go one more tattoo. Half the employees here at BPN have it, so it's been powerful for the for the company. That's really cool.
1: You've been uh, looking for your first tattoo, haven't you, Hugh?
0: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm a big tattoo guy, Nick. You know, maybe maybe we'll be matching. I'll come down to uh, down to Texas, and uh, we'll, we'll I'm be- gonna
1: I'm gonna one up you. I'm gonna get get two more.
2: <laughs> that is like we get that comment all the time. Like, go two more. Go two more. <laughs> hey man, if you come down to Austin, I'll take you for the tattoo. <laughs> i
1: thought i thought we were, you were going to challenge me to anything fitnessy and i was like "Oh damn oh my god we go. yeah, yeah <laughs> we have the athleticism of of, of probably oprah combined <laughs> uh, but no i mean it, and that's another thing i saw that one girl i knew from high school uh was following you and i, I mentioned that i was going to be interviewing you and she was talking about how impressive it was to be an endurance athlete while still carrying that much muscle i don't Can't do anything, endurance at all, and have no muscles. So, for what would be my first step in the right direction?
2: So, I was like, when I first got into fitness, it was all about putting on size and mass and strength. Yeah. When I was 18 years old, I just I just started lifting weights, and like my my life has gone in some different directions. 2014, I had like this very intense eating disorder. I was anorexic. I was hospitalized. I lost all this weight. My my body was shutting down. I almost killed myself with the eating disorder. And then that kind of transformed into, you know, four or five years later, 18, 19 years old, finding the gym and starting to lift weights and and building this new confidence in putting on size and and feeling better, looking better. Me, my dad, my uncle, my brother, we all like put on muscle pretty easy. My dad's side of the family is all dairy farmers in central Pennsylvania, a bunch of farm boys. And uh, I started lifting weights. My brother was a high school stud athlete, football and baseball, and we were lifting together and, and getting stronger and getting bigger. And I fell in love with it. And when I joined the army, then I realized I had to start running. So that forced me to run. And I hated it because someone, someone was making me run. But for a bigger guy, I was still pretty good at running. Like, I could stick up with the the skinny, fast guys just because I, I just sucked it up. Like, as much as like, they were talking, holding full conversations, running. 630 miles, and I'm just hanging on for dear life, but I would, I would stick with them. And then when I transitioned out of the military, I decided to sign up for my first marathon because the day, I, the day I got out of the army, I said, I will never run a day in my life again. I made a YouTube video on this and I said, I will never run a day in my life again. Six months later, I'm running the Austin Marathon. And that slowly turned into this evolution of falling in love with endurance sports where I did two marathons and I did an Ironman triathlon. And then I said, I wanted to run a sub three hour marathon, trained for that, failed, then accomplished that in January. Then I did another triathlon and now I'm training for in four weeks. I have the Leadville 100, 100 mile ultra marathon, in the Rocky Mountains of Leadville, Colorado. So that's the next thing. But the biggest thing is just getting started. Everyone always asks, like, how, do, how do I get to that? Well, I've been doing this for 10 plus years now. So over that time, things compound and you learn about nutrition and, and fitness and your body and, and how to work with your body, not against your body. But it's just getting started.
1: Sorry, I was like, that was the last thing I want to talk about is fitness. People tell me <laughs> to work out on Twitter all the time. They yeah. call me chicken legs, man. I get it all.
0: Once we're uh, done, uh, Dan Dan had a video of him trying to squash a watermelon between his legs. Uh, I think he, I think Dan, I think you cracked it down the center. I think it was like really close to cracking. Yeah, no,
1: I mean there was no, I mean I ended up using a knife and eating it later. But (laughs) uh, no, I mean I think what is the next step for the company as a whole for you? I mean, you're now your sales are, I mean, exponentially growing. Is there another Thing you want to branch off to do for your company as a whole or you personally
2: yeah so the big things we're, we're doing this year is growing the product line uh we're adding more SKUs onto the product line we just did an uh another company rebrand about a year ago new brand colors fonts rebuild our website this next 12 months we are redoing all of our labels to get ready for retail. The beginning of 2022, we're going to try to get into Vitamin Shop, HEB, APs, military installations. So going with a more omnidirectional marketing strategy. Right now, we're 95% direct-to-consumer. We want to get more wholesale retail accounts set up to kind of diversify the brand. And then partnering with other organizations and brands that are larger than us. To, to build more of a presence. We just partnered with Rogue Fitness. We're going to be the, the sponsor of the Rogue Invitational that's coming to Austin in October. Uh, we're working with some other brands right now to build, to build partnerships and uh, just build, build a brand. I still, I still think we're just scratching the surface. We only have 25 employees now. And my goal when starting the brand was to have 100 employees one day. That's still the goal. I believe if I have 100 employees, I can change 100 lives directly and their families and it's you know outside of the things i do on social media just directly you know working alongside me so that's the next 12 months
0: yeah i am happy that you bought up uh you know changing the lives of your employees because but obviously how we got you on here was because we are fans and one of the things that i always see is like you guys do yoga 6 a.m you guys do was it sushi friday or is it different it Is it different food on Friday?
2: Every So right now, currently going on, it's Tuesday. Tuesday from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. We bring in a chiropractor. So everyone's getting adjusted right now. Every Thursday, we bring in a deep tissue massage therapist. Everyone gets a deep tissue massage. Every Friday morning, we have a yoga instructor come in at 6 a.m. Every other Thursday, we do team lunch. Uh, We celebrate birthdays, anniversaries. Uh, We have... A gym here that the the employees and their family can use during the day before work, after work, and then we do team like this Friday we're going for a team dinner uh, downtown Georgetown, which is right outside of Austin. Two weekends ago we had our annual steak uh, vacation. This year we stayed in Austin, so we got a house on Lake Travis. We got barbecue catered, house with a pool. Everyone brought their wives, husbands, spouses, fiancés, and just bridging this gap between co-workers and family where there's still there's still these echelons of organization and levels of, of of command if you will but there's also this family oriented mentality that i kind of took from the military and brought that back into business it was
0: that was that for the business or was that because that's what you wanted like did when you were starting to you know gain employees and you were saying, okay, I w- we want to do a vacation, you know, we want to bridge this gap. Was that for the business? Uh, or was it ultimately just because as, a, as an employee base, you wanted to have a tight knit employee base, or was it like, Hey, if I have a tight employee base, then the business, you know, they'll work harder. Like what, you know, what I'm trying to say, like, was it for the business or was it because you were just like, that's what you wanted
2: to do? It was for the people. When I was a platoon leader in the infantry and seeing the way that soldiers and their families connected with me, when I would do things for them just to take care of them, uh, I saw how that impacted them, how they respected me, and how that relationship grew. So I automatically just took what I learned there and applied it to building a business and a team. And I want people that come and work here not to dread coming to work. Like I want them to. Want to show up? Like, for example, Saturday I came in here just to pick something up at the office. There were ten employees here working out, using the sauna, just playing like ping pong, just chilling. So I wanted to create this place where it's like an oasis, where even if you're working or just hanging out, it's a place to to be a, a place to be a part of a, a community. And yeah, I mean, we see the return in the work, but. I believe the best investment you can make is in people.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I really like that. I mean, it, it's it, that family environment that you create. I mean, if you go in on Saturday and there are 10 people just chilling at the place you made for work, it's, you know, you, you got a good spot. One last thing I was going to just toss in. I was thinking about this earlier is, you know, if you weren't, if you guys weren't already so successful and, and needed investments, uh, you would have killed it on Shark Tank, man.
2: I thought about it for a long time, bringing on investors, and the only reason I always stayed away from it is because, pretty much, watching Shark Tank, I would think, well, <laughs> I, I was, I would think I'm undervalued. Um, I haven't reached a potential yet where the valuation I have is almost devaluing myself. So, I was like, man, if I give up even ten percent right now. This was like 2018. 2018, if I would have gave up 10% of the business for what my evaluation would have been, whoever invested in me would have made bank in a few years.
1: Yeah, I mean, you kind of mentioned it. they would make bank. And also, it's like with the growth of social media, not just yours personally, but with you know YouTube, Instagram, and all of those being monetized so much. I mean, you see if someone has a million Instagram followers and they get five Instagram stories in one post, they'll get like $80,000. So, I mean, with those growing, I mean, it, it almost seems silly to give any percentage of something, especially when you're making money off of social media as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we grew it very, very organically in the beginning too, where we didn't start doing any paid advertising until we hit seven figures. So 2017 yeah. towards the end of it is when we started doing paid Social ads, Google ads, stuff like that, and uh, up until that point, it was all just organic growth. So we we knew we had something, and it wasn't just built off of a a funnel that had to keep being fed. You know, like spending all this money to to make money because some businesses are like that. Like they survive off of a cost per acquisition, and if they stop running those ads, their revenue stops coming in. Um, so we knew we had something there, and like I said, we didn't want to give up equity early on because I knew I'd be undervalued for for what we could be in the few years. How did
1: quarantine as a whole and like the pandemic affect the business? I mean, with such, it being such a big effect negatively for so many, but I feel like so many people at home, I mean, you saw stuff like Peloton stock go crazy because that was the only, the gyms were closed, you know?
2: Yeah, we grew 400% during during. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's
0: insane.
2: We had we had a big growth during that time. I'd say a lot of it was contributed to it, some was contributed to people being at home and taking care of their fitness, but at the same time I grew the team a lot too. I brought on the right people for the right jobs and we threw our content to another level, our email marketing, our advertising, our social campaigns, uh brand awareness campaigns, like all these things came together. At the right time, in the right place, and it just helped us
0: so right time with the right marketing, hit it right. But, you know the common thing that that I'm really noticing as we go throughout this is two things: it's one is that just keep going, and two, if that video never hit, or you know if your marketing wasn't wasn't right, or let's just say that in uh, what was it 2017 when you had that big growth? you know, if your cash flow was off and you had to start taking bridge loans, and I mean, it it could it could have quickly ended in in destruction. I mean, you know, you could have done a lot of different things, but it it really seems like it was just grinding it out and making it happen. That that seems like the common theme.
2: Yeah, I mean, one of the things I always say, I've probably already said it on this episode, is consistency compounds. And I'm always thinking long-term. I'm never thinking like short gain. Yeah, I mean, you can apply it to like social media influencers where they will do something that will tarnish the reputation for a quick win. But in the long-term, yeah. they will lose so much more for that quick win. So every decision I make, everything I do is thinking five, 10, and 15 years away from now. Where do I want to be? How do I want to be perceived? What reputation do I want to have? How is the brand being viewed? And to to think long term, you know, some of those moves you make, you have to sacrifice some quick gains for that. Um, But I do believe that if you are just consistent over and over and over again, day in, day out, it will compound.
1: I was I was thinking with like your consistency compounding when he said like if the video didn't hit if that video didn't hit eventually you'd have another one because of that consistency and and with it compounding that if that one never hit you'd have another one that just blew up eventually.
2: I mean, there, there's definitely some luck. Like you, I mean, it, I'd be ignorant to say that there weren't there aren't some pieces of luck in in, in that process. But when you can continually seize opportunities you're almost creating your own luck or yeah. like you're putting yourself out there where if something does happen it's going to happen to you because you keep putting yourself out there it's the people that like you know when you play the lottery you're you're hoping that this one time you're going to hit it when your your chances are, are so low but like if you just keep yourself out there and waiting for this opportunity to present itself to you it's going to be good
0: yeah yeah and uh, last year you came out with the with the book, uh 25 hours a day. Does that pretty much go into how you know how you were able to grow the business or does that talk more about fitness? What what's your book really, really entail?
2: It's all about the business. Like the mindset of the things I learned while in the military from my parents growing up and and how A lot of these things I was learning at the time, I didn't say, oh, this will help me grow the business. But I I realized years later that the things I did were when I decided to go to college and study nutrition and even the eating disorder I had when I was younger, that all that stuff made me get into fitness and wanting to start a supplement company. And the only reason I was able to do that is because I took this loan out with the military associated program and then learn these lessons through ranger school and being a platoon leader and applying it So, 25 hours a day is it's about maximizing your time and your opportunities where i believe everyone in my opinion like everyone and anyone can do anything they want to do and it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when and i believe i'm the the prime example of showing that where like there's nothing special about me or or where I came from or the way I was raised. It's just my mindset into what I wanted to do, and um I did it Hell yeah, that's now, awesome,
1: yeah, it's incredible like all you've been able to accomplish, and then it's like the business side, the fitness side a book now, and the military, it's like you're just you've like done life, you're just kind of doing some side quests now uh <laughs> but I think kind of to, to wrap it up, I mean, if, if you just have anything for, you know, the people listening, any, any advice or anything you want to
2: plug, I mean, go, go ahead. I'll, I'll leave it with this. There's a few books that I've read this past year that have been very powerful. Uh, I, I believe that there's there are certain times in my life where certain books find me at the right place in the right time when I needed it the most. Uh, I'm currently reading, listening to Winning by Tim Grover. Highly recommend that book. Um, And then probably the the book this past year that came at me at the perfect time was called The Hard Thing About Hard Things. And it was at a point where I needed to make a big business decision. And that book facilitated me to to make that decision. Do you want to talk about that decision? Yeah, I'll talk about it. There's... We had an employee that uh, that I had hired a few months prior. He was actually a really good friend of mine, and he um, just was great guy. Just not the right guy for for that job, and it was tough because I had to to let him go from the business. And terminating someone's position is never easy, but especially when it's a a good friend, um, and. I read that book and it just gave me even more confidence that I had to make the hard decision.
1: He's probably not happy uh, you read that book.
2: Probably not. <laughs> probably not. But um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that you should always be reading or listening to something because you can take these small things away from it. Like I can be driving down the road for 20 minutes and I can put it on an audio book and maybe that, that right 20 minutes there was this one line that talked about one thing that I then applied to that day, which completely evolved or transformed my day in the business. Right. So I believe always reading or listening to something is is super powerful. And then applying the go one more mindset to everything you do. I think a lot of people think that going more means like one more rep in the gym. And that's like the furthest from the truth. I mean, it can be applied to that, but Going more is that just keep showing up mentality where it's like, even when you're tired, even when you're burnt out, even when you don't want to film another video or you don't want to work on your business anymore, or hire any more employees, just keep showing up, keep chipping away, keep going one more. Because when you look back five years later, you're going to say, holy crap, look at all the things I've done in the last five years. Cause I just kept showing up. I kept going one more every single day. I love that. That's awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: Hell yeah! No, I mean, there there's so many days where we're like, oh, dude, Sunday morning. Last thing we want to do is record a. Play. And that's such like a bitchy thing to complain about having to talk for forty five minutes. But I mean, like you know, it's just the fact like as long as we keep showing up, we've seen the results thus far. And if we just keep showing up every Wednesday and Sunday, it's you know, it's just going to keep getting yeah. bigger and bigger. So yeah, I'll I'll apply that as well.
2: Even for my training right now, for like this hundred mile ultra marathon. There's a lot of these runs that, Ooh. you know, like last Friday I had a 12 mile run in the morning and then a 10 mile run at night on trails. And uh, I've learned to do this thing where I don't give myself the option to choose to do something or not to do something. Like I, I went that day knowing I had 12 miles in the morning. Then I worked nine hours and then ran 10 miles at night. But there was never a point where, I was able to allow myself the option to choose to do it or not to do it. I just knew it as soon as I woke up, it's like it's like brushing your teeth. It's like you just got it. There's never like it's not sitting in your truck before you go run thinking uh, I don't know if I want to go in here. It's like you just you just keep going through it. You put your shoes on, you put your glasses on, fill up your water, you go run, you come back, you make dinner. It's it's part of it.
1: All right. I love that man. Well, thanks again for for joining us. Can't wait to drop this. And I'm sure everyone will love it. Totally different perspective. And I'm sure there are a lot of our listeners that have these side hustles in these businesses that they're getting started off or they're struggling with. And no, I think this is the perfect time for them to hear it. Yeah.
0: I mean, most of, most of our listeners are traders. And I, in some way, if you're a trader, it's kind of like your own business. And even though you're not selling a product, it's always so tough when you're starting out. And you're just like... I mean, I remember when I started out, I mean, the worst thing that ever happened to me was my first trade. I made like a hundred percent on the trade within like moments. And then from there, I proceeded to lose $7,000, which was like 15, 16 was like everything to me. So, and that's what like we constantly hear is like headstrong, mental headspace is just so important. Powerful. It really is. Yeah. All right, Nick. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thanks
1: guys. All right, take care, man. Have a good rest of the day.